Okay. <clears throat> Hello again. Last Sunday, Joe gave a very meaningful Dharma talk. It was deeply honest. Uh, he was quite allowing himself to be quite vulnerable. It, his talk about his personal life, his past history, and some of some things that uh, might not have been skillful in his past or things that he might have regretted or things that he's changed. Uh, and it was, um, It, it was a talk that seemed to have surprised many Sangha members because of its honesty and its vulnerability. And I did get many comments about um, the talk. Many of those comments were comments of affirmation about how wonderful it was that someone in our Sangha was willing to share in this very personal way. Others were very concerned about making public what should have been private. <clears throat> and so in, in considering not only the talk, but also the comments, uh, I was led to um, a lot of a lot of thinking and feeling about the private and the public. And so I, the best kinds of Dharma talks are the ones that that puzzle you and that inspire you and that help you to go deeper into self-examination. And in considering the response to Joe's talk, uh, what arose for me was the, the sort of typical way in which we regard sharing very personal and intimate experiences, feelings, and in many cases, our what we might call transgressions or unskillful behaviors, we, we generally think those should be kept, <laughs> those should be kept private. And if we are going to share those, they should be shared in a very private way. They shouldn't be made public. And, and the, the um, sort of paradigm for this is you might say the confessional in the Christian tradition. If you feel that you've done something unskillful or in this case sinful, or wrong, you enter a very private, intimate space with a priest, and there's a wall. 
not a stone wall, but there is a wall between you and the person to whom you are confessing. And then there is a judgment. And then there is a response. I don't know, some sort of penitent, penitent kind of response. But the, the person behind the wall doesn't really see you, doesn't know you, maybe knows you, but the impression is that you are speaking to someone who isn't personally involved in your sharing of your experience, of your action. In Buddhist practice, and again, this is my understanding. This sharing is public. It's open. It's not private. It's not something to be protected. It's something your life and your experience from devil to angel, the whole spectrum is available. In fact, there is a public ceremony in Buddhism that is held on the full moon of every month. And it's called Fusatsu, in which the Sangha comes together to share their regrets or their sense of atonement or their unskillful behaviors and renewing their vows to do better with one another. It's a totally public Sangha experience. And this is what we had last Sunday. And in a sense, this is what we have every Sunday. When we come together as Sangha, we don't come as private individuals. We come together as part of a community. So this question of public and private, I'm a private person. I don't want to be known by too many people. Often you hear people say that. I'm very private. And we often talk about something we call boundaries. I hear that word a lot. In fact, my daughter often tells me, mom, you've got to have stronger boundaries don't have boundaries. And so I'm inviting you and inviting us to examine what it means in the context of interdependence, what it means to have boundaries, what it means to be private what it means to protect what's within the boundaries. And what is motivating us 
to create those boundaries in the first place. To put up walls, or sometimes we speak of this as being armored, that we, we have an armored person. And sometimes you can feel that with someone. And someone might be say to you, you're invading my space. You can, you can feel like you're getting too close to someone and the vibrations, the energy is no, <laughs> no, too close. I'm, I'm not, I'm not open. I'm not open to you. So our walls, our boundaries, our protections, why are they going up? And the sort of subtitle for this talk is the fear of being known. Why, why, as Robert Frost says, why do we need a wall? My pine cones aren't going to eat your apples <laughs> and your apples aren't going to affect my pine trees. And there are no cows here that are going to, you know, stampede over your land. So what am I afraid of? Why is the wall going up? This is something to be examined. I'm not advocating no walls or no boundaries, nor am I advocating stone walls and concrete walls. I'm inviting us to self-examination. In Buddhist practice, boundaries are places not for protection, but for connection. There are places to meet, not to flee from. Much as the poet was suggesting he wanted to put another idea, another notion <laughs> into his neighbor's head <laughs> that maybe good fences don't make good neighbors. But this, this neighbor held on to that, what we would call in our practice, fixed view. <laughs> the fixed view that good fences make good neighbors. His father used that and believe that. And he wasn't willing to have a different notion planted in his head. Oh no, we got to protect ourselves. Got to have strong boundaries. So I have um, in previous talks, given the example of the Zulu greeting, the Bushman, the Zulu 
community, when they meet each other, the first person says, this is in Zulu, Sikona, which means we are here. And the other person says, Soabona, which means we see you. Now notice, these are two people meeting, but they don't use the word I. They don't say, I'm here. And the other person doesn't say, I see you. The we, I mean, they have a, a deep ancestral connection so that the sense of self is not disconnected from their ancestors. So when they meet someone, they are not coming as a single individual. They're coming with their whole ancestral line. And we could, as Buddhists say, that we don't come to meet someone as an ego or as a single individual. We come as Sangha. We come as community. We represent and embody, not the ego, but everyone. And so we can share with everyone. And so when, when it is said, we are here, here, here we are <laughs> to meet you. And the other individual says, we see you. It's not the typical, uh, it, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the, the handshake that we use in our culture, of course, prior to COVID <laughs> um, to, to greet someone, I think has its origin in the expression of not having a weapon in your hand. So when you, when you shake somebody's hand, you're saying, I come without a weapon. I, my hands are empty and um, I, I'm willing to meet you without a weapon. Well, that's not quite the same as the Zulu <laughs> approach, um, which is a way of actually bringing the reality of that other individual into being. When you are seen by someone else, or in this case, the public, the Sangha, you become real. If you are a totally private person and you not allow yourself to be seen, you really don't exist, except as a constructed ego, except as something that you have invented for yourself because you are not allowing yourself to be defined 
to become realized, realized by everything else. And that's what you meet at that boundary. You meet everything else that defines you. So we go to our boundaries to meet other people, to meet the world, not to, <laughs> to protect ourselves from the world. And, and that's what Joe did last week. He went to his edge to meet us, to meet, to meet us. This is what Sangha does. And this is the paradigm for life, our Sangha, our whole community. We go to our edge, to what we would typically use as a protection. We go to meet, to meet what is beyond us, to beyond us. So what does this have to do with the precepts? If you are a totally private person, if you're a private person and kind of walled in, the precepts don't function at all. In fact, you know, you have not only walled out what might be in relationship to you in a productive and beautiful way, but you've imprisoned yourself within the wall. And our practice is about liberation, not about imprisonment. So we think we're protecting ourselves, but we're really imprisoning ourselves. And the precepts have no relevance to someone who is alone. The precepts are all about relationships. If you're not in relationship to others and to other beings, the precepts are irrelevant. And there are many kinds of walls that we set up to imprison ourselves. I'm thinking, for example, of the farmer who imprisons him or herself in an air-conditioned tractor, which provides a wall between him or her and the earth. And then I visit Kelly at her, at her garden, and I see that there's no wall between her and the earth. There's absolutely no wall. Now there's a wall between your produce <laughs> and, and your capacity to eat your produce because everything is spilled all over the place. 
But there are all kinds of ways in which, for example, intoxicants create a wall between us and pain. Our house separates us from the seasons. And if you consider this, the, the humanly constructed walls that we build, even oddly, the internet is a wall between us and direct experience. So this is an invitation to be seen at the edge of your fence, (laughs) at the edge of your wall, to show up, to meet what is outside of that wall, to meet your neighbors. And to reach out that way, sometimes you will have, you will have an aversion to that. Like, I don't want to see what's I don't want to see what's beyond the wall. (laughs) You know, I don't want to look. Something comes up, somebody comes to meet you or some experience comes to meet you and you, you don't want to meet it. It's too painful. It's not within your preconceptions. It's going to demand some sort of creativity from you. It's going to demand some attention that you're not prepared to give. So the neighbor walks away because there's no welcome. Or you may be approached as this, as the poet approached his neighbor with the possibility, maybe we don't need a wall here. And the neighbor says, no, 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 no. And you might say, um, no, I don't want to be seen. I, I just, I don't want to be seen. I know you want to see me, but I'm too scared. So I'll end with this question. What is it that doesn't love a wall? <laughs>